Good afternoon, and welcome to the Rothko Chapel's monthly installment of Contemplation and Sound. Through this monthly series, we're exploring the role that music and sound plays within different faith and spiritual traditions, and how these practices help to sustain us during challenging times. Today's offering will focus on the Hindu tradition, and here to lead us in this practice are longtime Rothko Chapel friends, Dr. Hansa Medley, and representatives of International Society for Krishna Consciousness of Houston, also known as ISKCON. As always, we'll have approximately 40 to 45 minutes for the practice, followed, for, followed by a little time for you to ask some questions. So I'll begin by introducing today's presenters, and then we will begin the practice. Dr. Hansa Bhakti Medley has been practicing Gauda Vaishnavism since 1981 under the guidance of H.H. Tamal Krishna Goswami, a disciple of A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, the founder of the Hare Krishna movement. In addition to being the director of outreach for the Hare Krishna temple, where she serves as a teacher, priest, and advisor, she also works as a primary care physician. Douglas Sauer has been serving as a Bra Bra Brahmakari student monk in the ISKCON Houston community for the past two years. Born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, he, came, he completed a BA in criminology from Pennsylvania State University. While in college, he developed an interest in Eastern spiritual practices and began his personal practice of meditation and yoga. It was there that he met some practitioners of the, the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition and became, a, became attracted to both the rich depth of its philosophy and the sincere application of its principles by its followers. He is currently preparing for formal initiation or baptism in Iskand. Damodar Sharan Das has been practicing mantra meditation since his childhood for nearly 21 years, committing to a daily regimen of chanting and singing in prayer. He is a youth leader of ISKCON who also engages in outreach and interfaith activities. He is currently a senior at the University of Houston, studying biochemistry with the hopes of pursuing medical school. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Medley, Douglas, and Damondor for being here today with us. Thank you, Ashley, and um, good afternoon and namaste. First, we would like to thank Rothko for including us uh, to serve them during this sound and contemplation series. And we would also like to congratulate them on their 50th anniversary and pray for their continuing success. We would like to thank you for coming on uh, to this Hindu meditation. Uh, before we start, I'm going to say some Sanskrit mantras. It's a prayer, and it goes like this. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Gyananjana Shalakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasme Shri Guruve Namaha I was born in the darkness of ignorance, and my spiritual master, a representative of God, opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. I therefore offer my most humble and respectful obeisances unto his lotus feet. 
First, I will tell you a little bit about our history. Um, just as Christianity has many denominations, like Catholics or Protestants, the Hindu faith also has many branches. The word Hindu is actually not found in the Vedas, our books of knowledge. The, the word Hindu was actually um, coined by the Muslims who lived on the other side of the river Sindhu. They could not pronounce the S in Sindhu as an S. They called it, they said it as an H, and therefore Hindu uh, came to be. A better, a better um, term for our tradition is Sanatan Dharma. Sanatan means eternal, and dharma means the constitutional position or essential or intrinsic nature of something. For example, the dharma of sugar is sweetness. The dharma of fire is heat and light. So just as we cannot separate sweetness from sugar or heat and light from, from fire, similarly, the dharma of the living entity of, of um, the soul is that it serves. So the service attitude cannot be separated from the living entity. So you can say, well, I serve. I serve all the time. I serve my senses. I serve my mind. My ears are demanding to hear this, to see this, to taste this delicious food. My mind is constantly hankering for different experiences. And not only that, I toil so hard to serve my family, my boss, my community, my country, and even humanity. But you know what? Something is missing. Like they say, I find no satisfaction. The Vedas come to our aid, and they tell us that actually the living entity is a spiritual being. And as a spiritual being, he has certain qualities. And the spiritual or the spirit soul by nature is eternal, blissful, and cognizant. But it has taken on this material body which has just the opposite attributes. So the material body is temporary. It is made of dull matter, so not cognizant. And it produces so much unhappiness as it goes through birth, dwindling, disease, old age, and finally death. So because we have identified with this body and we think I'm this material body, we find no satisfaction. Now, the, um, we say that the, um, the nature of this soul is to serve, and then we can say, okay, so serve in what way? The, um, the Vedas teach us that not only is, this, uh, is the soul present in the material body, but it, has, it identifies with the material body. So I feel I am this body and not the soul. Just as this cloth is covering my body, and it is a cover for my body, just in a similar way, this body is a vehicle or a covering for the soul itself. Now, when in my ignorance, when I think I am this body, I act on the bodily platform. So supposing Damodar here, if he is falling into an ocean, and, I, and he's drowning, and I, I just valiantly jump into the ocean, and I swim, I brave the waves, and I catch hold of his shirt, and I bring it up, and I, I, I swim back, 
I saved him, I saved him. And you're looking at me and you're thinking, what's going on? She's bonkers. She just has his shirt. He's still drowning in the ocean. Someone with some sense, please come and save him. Right? But that's exactly where we are at. We are identifying, identifying with our bodies, forgetting the spirit soul within. And therefore, we are not happy in this situation. Not only have we forgotten that we are not this body, that we are souls, we also forgot that we, this is not our eternal home. Our, we, we forget that we have originally come from the spiritual world, the kingdom of God, and we have left that, um, the spiritual world to come to this material world to enjoy separately from God, separately from our Creator. And, and we are identifying with this body just like um, a fish out of water. Just as a fish is not in its element, we similarly as spirit souls are not in our true element in this material world. So how do we rectify this? This process of rectification or going back to our true nature, it can be done by service. We said earlier that service in this world is not satisfactory, right? It's not giving us happiness. But if we serve on the spiritual platform, we turn our service to God or to the divine, then we will naturally become happy. And this process of service, of linking ourselves, the soul, with the super self or the super soul or the divinity, is a process uh, we call yoga. Yoga, of course, means to link or to yoke. So we link ourselves, we are parts and parcels of God, to the Supreme Lord, our Creator. And that process of linking is called yoga. The Vedas describe three, three basic ways of linking. And this is called, the first is called karma yoga, the yoga of uh, offering or devoting your work to God or divinity. Then there is called jnana yoga, the process of linking by acquiring knowledge of the absolute truth. And finally, bhakti yoga, the yoga of loving devotional service to God. Now, our tradition is called Gaudiya or Chaitanya Vaishnavism, and it was brought, uh, it was founded in the early 16th century by Lord Chaitanya. Gaudiya is uh, the western part of India, which is now like Bengal and Bangladesh. That's where he took his birth. So God uh, comes in many forms, or, or descends or incarnates, we can say. And uh, so, like to Moses, he appeared as a burning bush, right? So similarly, when God, Krishna himself came, he came as Lord Chaitanya. The term Vaishnava comes from Vishnu. Vishnu is our name for God. It is one of the names for God. And also with Krishna. So because we are serving Vishnu, we are called Vaishnavas. Now, for the Vaishnavas, their um, proclivity or their, um, is not towards worshipping God in his majesty and opulence but rather we are inclined to worship God in, and we, we enjoy his sweetness, the sweetness that the Lord shares with his devotees. So each living entity, each soul, has a special relationship which is unique to him with God as either a servant, as a friend, as a parent, or as a beloved. And this is the focus on our, of our tradition. Now, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, when he came, he descended to teach us how to develop this relationship of loving service with God by his personal example. And universal time, 
uh, in the Vedas goes through cycles. It's cyclical. So the first cycle is called the Golden Age of Satya Yuga. And in Satya Yuga, the best way for self-realization is considered to be meditation. In that time, people lived 100,000 years. So meditation for 60,000 years was not a problem, right? Then the next age is the Silver Age, which is called Treta Yuga. In that age, the best process for self-realization is performing elaborate sacrifices. Then follows the Bronze Age, which is called Dwapar in our tradition, in which people live 1,000 years. And the, the way for self-realization was to do elaborate temple worship or worship in mosques, mosques and synagogues. And finally, this current age, which is called the Iron Age, is called Kali. The process for self-realization is the chanting of the Lord's holy names. We call it Kirtan or Sankirtan. And this is the process that Lord Chaitanya came to propagate. Not only that, but he was also a social reformer. Uh, during his time, the chanting of the holy name was epitomized by Haridas Thakur, who was not a Hindu. He was born as a Muslim, but he was given the title of Namacharya, the person or the Acharya or the teacher, the guru of chanting the holy names, which is, like we said, the recommended process for this age. So after Lord Chaitanya, there was a resurgence of our tradition during the 18th and 19th century by Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And that after that, um, Bhakti Vinod Thakur in his time, he took the teachings out of India in the form of literature and spread it to the, and sent literature to the Western world. Then his disciple, whose birthday happens to be today, was very um, convinced of the prophecy in the scripture which says that one day the spreading of this uh, chanting of the holy names of God will be spread in every town and village. So with this, this prophecy in mind, he instructed his disciple, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, to uh, take these teachings out of India to the Western world. So at the ripe age of 70, single-handedly, Prabhupada came to the West in 1965 and brought this teaching to the West and established the uh, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, or we call ISKCON. We know, we know it also as the Hare Krishna movement because that is the mantra we chant. And, uh, this is how the teachings came to the West. So this is a little bit on our history. Now we will go to the practice itself. For we said that um, the way we are going, the meditation itself for this age is the chanting of the Lord's holy names. So we are going to practice this uh, hearing and chanting of the names of the Lord. Because God is absolute, so his name and uh, his form are non-different. So um, what we are going to do is take some names of the Lord and we will say them in a special uh, configuration which is called a mantra. Mantra means, man means mind and tra means to free. So mantra is a sacred sound or transcendental sound which frees the mind from its difficulties or its anxieties. So uh, because it is transcendental and spiritual, the name, the name of God and God himself are non-different. And the mantra we're going to chant
for this age is called the Maha Mantra. Maha means great. So this is the great chant for deliverance, which is the recommended mantra for this age. There are many mantras we can show you or teach you in Hinduism, but because this is called the Maha Mantra, we thought we should focus on this one mantra which gives the be biggest benefit for this age. So um, I'm going to show, teach you the mantra, and I would like you to learn it because we will practice it uh, in two ways. So the mantra is the Hare Krishna mantra, which will soon come on the screen. So it is 16 letters, 16 words, but it's only three names of God. The first word is Hare. Hare comes from Hara, the divine feminine, the internal energy of God. And Krishna is a name of God, which means all attractive. So in our theology, God is both male and female, father, mother, God. And then Rama is another name for God, which means the reservoir of all pleasure. So together, this mantra means, O Father, O Mother God, please let me serve you. Let thy will be done. So we will chant, I will teach you the mantra first, because we say all the 16 words together, and then we will practice individually. So I will say, the, um, I'll say each word at a time, and I'd like you to respond, and then uh, we will do two words. So the first, so we go, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, 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 Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, 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 Hare, Hare. Now we will do two words. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Now we'll do four words. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And now we'll do eight words, which is half the mantra. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. And we'll do the whole mantra now. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. So the process is we engage our senses because the senses are hard to control. So we speak with our tongue, we hear with our ears. So between the ear and the tongue, we try and capture our mind. Not only that, we use our touch. So for the purpose of touch, we have a rosary, um, which is something you, any rosary will do. So we engage the sensation of touch. So we speak with the mouth, we hear with our ears, and we are going to touch the rosary with our hands. Now, if you don't have a rosary, 
then I'm going to show you how to still use your touch sensation by using your hand. So even if you are left-handed, I'm going to encourage you to use your right hand. And we are going to count. So this is the first finger, second, third. The fourth or the ring finger is where we're going to start. We're going to use something called mudras, or these are gestures which we use um, in, in our tradition. So for the ring finger, we're going to start from the middle of the ring finger. You can touch that with your thumb and say Krishna 1. Then the base of the ring finger, Krishna 2. Then the uh, little finger, the base, Krishna 3. The middle of the, ring, uh, of the pinky, Krishna 4. And the tip is Krishna 5. Then we go to the ring finger, Krishna 6. The uh, third finger, Krishna 7. The index finger, the tip, Krishna 8. The middle of the index finger is Krishna 9. And the bottom is Krishna 10. So we will do 10 mantras just so that you can get some practice. Now, this is the mechanics, right? What is our mood? What is our intention? The intention is we are saying this, mood, this prayer in the mood of a child calling for its mother. We are appealing to the Lord, please let me serve you, let your will be done. So the intention is to please establish this relationship and our um, attention will be by hearing, by listening, and then by touching our, our, either the rosary or your fingers. So we will start these 10 mantras. So on each mantra, on each finger division or rosary, we will say the whole mantra. So here we go. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Very good. Now we have done this internal work of cleansing ourselves and getting a foundation. We are going to now take this out. We are going to chant in a call and response fashion, uh, which is called kirtan. What we did now is called japa, and uh, which is for our own selves, for our own purification, for uh, our own prayer. And now we are going to say this prayer for the benefit of all living entities the viruses here, the bacteria, the you know, trees, plants, whoever hears this sound, they get benefit. So we are doing this now in congregational manner. And it's a call and response system. So what will happen is Damodar here on harmonium, he's going to first chant the mantra, 
and then we are going to respond. When he chants, we will hear, and then we will chant, and he hears. And we keep our focus. We are going to call in this mood of prayer to the Lord to please let us serve him and in, a, in a mood of gratitude. So Damodar will, like we said, he will sing, and then um, Bhakta Dak there, he's going to play uh, a clay drum, which is called Mridanga. You can keep beat with, with us, and it's like a one, two, three beat. We have these hand symbols. You can also, if you, um, if you feel, you can also put your arms in the air, and in this way we also appeal to the Lord, you know, surrendering, that please let me, let me serve you, let your will be done. Okay, so Damodar will lead us in the chanting. Krishna, Hare Hare, 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hide it, hide it, hide Krishna, hide Krishna, 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 hide hide Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. 
Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, 
Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. This brings us to the close of our presentation. We also chant this mantra at the Menil Park on Saturdays in the afternoons, if you'd like to join us. And so now we are going to transition to Q&A with Ashley again. Thank you, Hare Krishna. So welcome back, everybody. And thank you, Dr. Medley, Douglas, and Damodar for that really beautiful offering. So I have a... Um, some questions here that I'll start by sharing while I'm waiting for uh, the audience to share any questions that you all have. Um, so to get us started, I'm curious if the, uh, the chants that we experience today and the music that we experience today are typically, like how they're typically practiced and integrated into your daily life, kind of what that looks like. Okay, so uh, we practice two different forms. 
One was japa, which was individual meditation on the rosary. We did it on our fingers. And the other was kirtan. So as part of our daily practice, we, we practice chanting on the rosary every day. For those who are baptized, uh, it takes, we do, um, our rosary has 108 beads. And then we do 16 times around on the 108 beads every day. Takes about two hours. And then the chanting together congregationally, where we did with the musical instruments, we do that at different times, like mornings and evenings for sure. And particularly when temples are open or with our friends and family. Mm -hmm. and, that, and also when we go out on the streets, like when we go out to Manil Park or sometimes we would chant here. Mm -hmm. And that's to, for the benefit of everyone. And the two-hour practice is like what time of day? Does, is that something that you normally integrate? Or is it kind of open for the individual depending on what your, your schedule is that day? It is open for the individual. Uh, just like we said, universal time is cyclical. So that daytime is also has certain cycles. The cycle early in the morning, the one and a half hours before sunrise, is considered to be transcendental or very spiritual, very good for um, meditation or spiritual practice. So any chanting done early in the morning is best. Uh, but if that is not possible, then any other time during the day is also all right. We call that early morning hours the Brahma Murita. It's like um, happy hour for the spiritualists. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Stephanie, uh, out in the audience, said, thank you. That was wonderful. And um, someone anonymous just asked, can a non-Hindu chant a Hindu mantra, which we all did today, <laughs> who, who weren't. So I'm assuming yes, but if you could speak to that. That's a very good question. Uh, can a non-Hindu chant a Hindu mantra? So first of all, um, when we say non-Hindu, that's the designation of our body. The spirit soul is not Hindu or Muslim, black or white, young or old, male or female. Spirit souls are all same in quality. So intrinsically, we are spirit souls. So we are all one in that sense. And then the mantra itself is spiritual. And uh, so it's not a Hindu mantra. It's a name of God. You, can, you are um, welcome to also chant your favorite name of God, whether it may be Hail Marys or you know, your, your Christian prayers, the name of Allah the name of Yahweh, any, any bona fide name of God which represents him is, uh, is bona fide. It's not that our way is the only way. Whatever is the spiritual sound which addresses God in your tradition, you can also chant that. And on that note, Robert asks, we have the Lord's Prayer that states, hallowed thy name. Is that also your tradition? Yes, that's very much our tradition. And as we said, for this age, that is the recommended age, re recommended practice to chant the names of the Lord. And how many chant cycles was that that we experienced today? We chanted only, uh, well, when we chanted on Japa, that was probably like one-tenth of what we would do in one round. And then we chanted for about 15 minutes. Um, if you chant the 108 rounds, or if you have the Christian rosary, which is 58 beads, which is half of what we have, it normally takes between seven to 10 minutes to go through the whole rosary. But because the, it's difficult to do this uh, on Zoom without seeing the audience, it's hard to tell when people would lose interest. So therefore we kept it short to keep your attention. Uh, but uh, you can chant and there's no hard and fast rule. You can chant even while you know, you're taking a shower, you're driving. If you just keep the name of the Lord, then 
that spiritual sound will actually be present. The Lord will be present on your tongue or will be present in your consciousness. And that's our goal, to keep the presence of the divine within our consciousness as we go throughout our day. So Douglas and Damodar, you, you brought instruments here that maybe some people out in the audience aren't familiar with. Could you just tell us a little bit of, about them? Yeah, sure. Uh, so the harmonium is similar to a piano in the sense that it has a reeds underneath, which uh, when you pump, the air comes in and then it produces sound. And uh, there are many different ways you can play the harmonium. The, play, the way we generally play it is uh, in a more uh, Carnatic style. It's a specific music style from India from specifically from South India. And there are certain rags, which are different melodies. And by playing certain melodies, we're able to produce certain tunes. Uh, the mridanga is made out of clay. There are two sides to it. Uh, the bigger side, which is more of a bass side, and the smaller side, which produces a more high-pitched sound. And uh, through a combination of what we call tals, which are basically just beats, uh, we produce a rhythm which matches the tune just being played. And of course, the final ones were the hand cymbals. They are generally made out of brass. And the purpose of them is to produce a nice sound, but also stay with the rhythm. Sometimes the mridanga and the harmonium can go offbeat. But the kartals, the cymbals, they keep it in track to the one, two, three beat. So those are the instruments. And are these instruments that, that are commonly used in your practice, and are there additional instruments that you also use? Yes, uh, so these are the three main instruments which we use. Uh, it goes back to 500 years ago when uh, in, in what is now known as West Bengal, uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he used these particular instruments. But there's, not, there's no really uh, limit to what instruments can be used in uh, kirtan, in this congregational chanting. Uh, sometimes we have used guitars, we have used sitars, which are different stringed instruments. We've used flutes. We've used all kinds of instruments, so there's no limit. The idea is to bring everyone together in chanting the names of God and create a sense of unity among people chanting. And a moment ago, you were talking about different melodies that you have. I noticed in the time that we had as, as you were chanting that the same cycle, you were presenting it in very different ways, and I was curious, um, is there is that kind of open for interpretation in terms of like how you play the instruments and how you uh, sing and the melodies, or is it standard in such a way that like no matter where I would go in the world, I would I would hear it presented in a similar way? Well, every singer is different. Everyone has their favorite melodies. This is one of my favorite melodies personally, mm -hmm. but everyone has their favorite melodies. And what we do is we use the Maha Mantra, the Hare Krishna Maha Mantra. And as long as you can fit it into different melodies, many different people will sing different melodies. Some people, I have heard personally, sing the same melody as this. So sometimes you might hear the same melody elsewhere, but everyone is different. Um, in your introduction, you talked about the mantra as a way to calm or free the mind. And this mantra as a way to wake the soul. Can you share a little bit more about that and why the vibration of chanting or singing these words is so important? I will let Douglas answer that one. <laughs> he, he goes out uh, in, in this area every mm -hmm. Saturday and chants it congregationally and invites other people to join. Excellent. So he naturally has a lot of attraction mm -hmm. and love for the holy name, so he can share that with yeah, us. Yeah, please. 
Is the mic working? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so um, as, and as Dr. Medley was speaking earlier, the, the names of God, they're actually non-different than God. So when you're chanting the names, actually the divine God is there present with you. And um, there's this um, concept of the association that we, that we are around. It ends up influencing us, no matter, no matter what it is. So the type of friends we hang out with, the places where we go, that all has an impact on our, our state of consciousness. Um, if, you're, if you want to learn like me medical instructions, you'd hang out with doctors. If you wanted to cultivate a, a drinking habit, you'd hang out with people at the bar, these kinds of things. So similarly, if we want to spiritualize our consciousness, we associate with God's names. And just by, just by that chanting, it actually, it actually reawakens our, our, our dormant spiritual nature, spiritual consciousness. So I have a question that you might have already answered with what you said, but I'm going to ask it anyway. <laughs> um, you said the word for God and the form of God are one and the same. Can you just say a little bit more about that and how it's important in the use of the mantra? Yeah, so, um, so God's nature is actually absolute. So in that sense, um, what that means is that his names, his form, the, um, the books describing him, all these, actually anything associated with God is actually, he's fully present in that because he's, a, he's infinite and absolute. So um, actually, sorry, where was I going with this? The, the name and, the, uh, and God is the same. So whenever he says like, the God is present in his name. So like we're saying, when you call on, the God, on God's name, you associate with him. And, and therefore, if we, if we associate with the name of God, we also become spiritualized. Just like if you have iron, iron by itself is cold. But if you put iron in fire, it takes on the quality of fire. It also becomes hot and it, it burns, right, and gives out light. Similarly, if we come in touch with the spirit, with the spiritual, the super, uh, super soul, the divine, our divine qualities in touch with God, in touch with fire, will also manifest. Uh, we have another question from Robert. He, he asks, you know, within the Christian tradition, we have the, the Ten Commandments. Do you have anything like this in your tradition? Would you like to answer that? Or? The four, we have something called the Four Regulative Principles of Freedom. So we practice basic principles of um, human or civilized life. So the first thing, first principle is compassion. Uh, so we, we present that by refraining from killing animals. So we don't eat meat, fish, or eggs. The second one is uh, continence. We don't take any intoxication because that clouds our consciousness. So we don't indulge in drugs or alcohol. Then the other one is cleanliness. So cleanliness means cleanliness of the body and the mind. So we practice celibacy or um, sex within marriage for the purpose of procreation. So that keeps our consciousness also focused and clean. And the last one is um, uh, uh, no gambling, which is basically honesty, truthfulness. So truthfulness is considered to be a very important trait and it's the last leg of religion for this age. And we practice truthfulness by avoiding um, gambling. So we don't gamble. And uh, the other way of truthfulness, we always vibrate or speak about the, the Lord because that's the absolute truth. So those are the four basic principles that we follow. Truthfulness, compassion, 
uh, continence and uh, cleanliness. Thank you. So in our final two minutes left, I know that you have a temple in the Houston Heights neighborhood. Um, can you just share with us that location? And for any attendees who are viewing, uh, who are not familiar, if you can share any opportunities there are for participating in your offerings, either in person or virtually. Douglas, you can take that one. So as she, as she was explaining just before, we, we gather here on the weekends on Saturdays at Manil Park right outside around 3.30 in the afternoon. We stay until sunset, which I guess now is around 6.30, 7 o'clock. So you're welcome to join us at any time during that. We'll be doing the, the kirtan, the congregational chanting with the instruments. <coughs> also, in, in addition to that, well, there's a, a farm project that was started by the temple a couple of years ago. We actually invite guests also on Saturdays and Sundays to come by in the mornings between about 9 a.m. until, until about 12.30, 1 o'clock. And we have a bit of an open house. We show people around the garden, allow people to volunteer a little bit, feed the cows that we take care of, and then we do some of the, the meditation as well. And then we offer a, um, a vegetarian meal afterwards on Sundays. So you, anyone is welcome to come and join us for that as well. The regular temple, because of COVID, it's been really scaled back. The, the time that it's open now is on Sundays, Sunday evenings, from 5.30 to 7.30. There's a two-hour slot. If on the website, the ISKCON Houston website, there's a place that you can register for a time and then come in and just do a walkthrough of the temple and see the place, meet people. Great. Thank you. Well, we'll also send a follow-up email to everyone who registered and attended today with links to your website for, for more information. So a warm thanks to each of you all for being here today and sharing your, your wisdom and your practice with us. We thank really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. And Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. And thank you all for joining us today. We do have another offering that will be coming up on Wednesday, April 7th at 12 o'clock, where we will be with representatives from the Zoroastrian Association of Houston. So please join us then. Until then, be well. <laughs>